Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. What's up, y'all? It's Jasmine with the New Black Collective. And this is Davey R. with Blackcent. And you are now tuned in to Stories of the Streets. Stories of the Streets is sponsored by the New Black Collective, Blackcent, Change Waco, and powered by Rogue Media. We've been gone for a little bit, but we are back. <laughs> I guess we're going to call this a season two intermission since we don't have a guest today. <laughs> yeah. um, today, we're just going to kind of... Not recap. I was about to say recap, but just kind of catch y'all up on what we've been doing uh, within our organizations and talk about some current events. So for the New Black Collective, we've just been kind of reorganizing um, our nonprofit. We have some new board members. Um, we have a program manager, and we have a fundraising manager now. Um, we've been planning for projects that are going to start kind of in the summertime. We're um, going to do stuff more closer to Juneteenth weekend. Um, we did participate with Mentor Waco in the Easter egg hunt um, this month, nice. but we haven't really done anything because we're still in the planning phase, but we are planning to make our comeback in June. Um, we're going to be hosting the Mr. and Miss Juneteenth uh, scholarship pageant. And we'll be participating in some other events that I can't really talk about right now until I get uh, full confirmation. But, yeah, we're excited. And as always, uh, participating in the Juneteenth Parade. And we're going to have a park cleanup as well. That is dope. Um, Yeah, I went to the Mentor Waco, uh, like, Easter egg hunt. And I saw Kevin and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to get her name wrong. Um, but yeah, I saw Kevin and Ebony, and um, I asked about you. I'm like, where's Jazza? Is she coming? And like, no, she couldn't make it. But you know, we're here, you know, representing and stuff like that. It was a, it was a nice event. I was happy. I was able to go to that one. Miss um, Burns showed up. Shar Burns. Yeah, she came out. It was real cool. And um, Blackson isn't as, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm just gonna use ready. We're not as ready yet as y'all are to jump back in. Um, we have been trying to get back into the flow of meetings because uh, March it's and hard. April, yeah, <laughs> March and April are real hard for us. Everybody's kind of like real busy. Vincent's, you know, an artist, and they had the mural. So from like February to March, they were like really, you know, jumping in on that mural. So we couldn't really just lock down, you know, time to talk about everything. Um, but we recently put out a video about like Ted Teague's hood comment, um, just pushing forward uh, an actual like public apology because. He hasn't, aside from like his little that letter, yeah, that little that post that he that they posted from Alan Samuels. He hasn't he hasn't apologized or anything, just outright publicly. So we recently done that. That was um the video came out a little, a little too late, <laughs> a little two days like two days later, something like that. Um, but yeah, we put that out, and we recently agreed that we want to kind of turn our attention towards um qualified immunity, 
am really trying to see if there's any conversations or any like you know spaces that we can help out in and trying to help you know in that because qualified immunity at the end of the day is kind of the safety net that keeps getting all these like bad cops off for all these things they shouldn't be doing and I know we want to partner for some with someone for Juneteenth, um, and I know we want to. We're in the motion. We're in the we're in the moves to like adopt a park. I really want to adopt a park before the you know the, before the summer gets here. So we've been looking at different parks, and I've been trying to figure out which ones are still available. But yeah, we just been um, so trying to get back to the groove and things. We don't really have anything just too big uh, planned yet. Um, more stuff is like down the down the pipeline. Right, same. It's like June is the only thing that we've solidified. Um, like you said, it's kind of hard with COVID, with everybody living everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of hard. And then work, like, yeah. you know, the work-life balance is really hard. Um, yeah, but back to Ted. Um, <laughs> he did an interview on 94.5, actually, so he did have a public conversation, but I don't know what was said because I didn't want to listen because I was just like, okay, I mean – when I watched the clip of his interview with the news station, I was like, I mean, you know you messed up by your yeah, body reaction. language. Like, yeah. your shrug was like, oops. <laughs> it's like, face. oh, I let it slip. Yeah, And so, I mean, you know, I read the comments. Because what I do is I wait for the news stations to post on Facebook. Then I go to the comments and I read. I don't ever come in, but I go read. <laughs> and so there were a lot of people defending him saying that, we always refer to our neighborhoods as our hood. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you do not. You're lying. And you're trying to you're trying to save face. And I'm like, no, y'all don't. That's the part that got me is is in his his apology. And he was like, I meant neighborhood. And it's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you did it. Like that doesn't even somebody was like somebody retyped his sentence like how he said it and put neighborhood in. They're like, that still don't make sense. Like like, like it makes worse lying, sense than, like, than you saying hood. And I think that they don't understand the implications. Yeah. And it's like they were in there were like, well y'all call it the hood. Yeah, because that's our like this ours. Yeah, we did that. And so I think the biggest problem with it is is him insinuating that we needed a savior. Yeah. For me. It was like, yeah. um, we don't need you to come get us out of the hood. A lot of yeah. us make it out on our own. So it had so many layers to that comment. And, and if you're gonna come get us out the hood, why are you coming in a Jeep Cherokee? <laughs> it's like, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna come rescue somebody out the hood, you need to pull up in a foreign or something. Because you're not, you know, <laughs> I said, Wow. Like you, I mean, something big. It was just he, yeah. I'm like, okay, not a thirty-five thousand dollar car coming to get us out the hood. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, okay, Ted. As if people and in the hood can afford that themselves. I know that. Um, I don't know if you know Chad that sells cars. He's a white guy as well, but he was raised in East Waco, and so he was on Facebook as well saying, "I've been telling y'all that he was racist." Yeah. And so I was like, he did say it. Because I was at 94.5 one time um, doing an interview with DJ Precise when Chad came in. And we were just, you know, talking about Waco. And I was talking to him. I had just bought my car. Yeah. And so we were talking about that. And he was just saying why he left that dealership. And he said because they were discriminating against him because he represented what they didn't want to sell to. Yeah. And he was like, and I'm white, and they treated me like that. So when they came out, he was like, God gave me the best birthday gift. And I was <laughs> laughing because I remember him saying that yeah. about two years ago. And so it's like, you know, 
Now I don't know that I don't know Ted, but I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like no matter what your personal beliefs are as a professional, you need to you need to govern yourself accordingly. You yeah. knew that you were doing. You knew not to say hood, sir. Yeah, and that's what I, that's what that's <laughs> like, what I, that's what made me the most mad because I'm like, you could tell by his reaction that he knew what he said, and then he just and he knew that it was it. wrong, and yeah. he couldn't he couldn't take it back. Like there was no. Was it live? Do you know the recording was live or not? That was my biggest. It was question. on the news. I saw yeah. somebody recording their TV. Like yeah. so, they. I guess they must have had um, DVR or something. Oh, see, because it was <laughs> they just were crazy recording to me, TV because they could have. I felt I didn't. I didn't feel bad for him at all. I'm glad the news like let that air in its entirety. Um, and that's what made me wonder if it was live because like if it wasn't like I've been on the news before. You like they, how we they, do our interviews? Yeah, they, they'll chop stuff up. Yeah. yeah, they'll chop stuff up. Take certain. But it stuff was out. a parade, so maybe it was live. Maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like. But the that. thing about it is, I feel like we're never too old to learn our lessons. Yeah. And I saw a whole lot of people of color on Facebook defending him and saying that he's you know they give to the community and stuff, and that's fine, and nobody takes that away from them, but. The it was the insinuation, like yeah. we don't need a savior, and no. I think that's the biggest thing that um a lot of white people don't understand is we don't need you to come save us. And something that Vincent had brought up, and I didn't even think about it. He talked about that in the video he put out. Um, he brought up that point, but he also made the point that like it also insinuates that black people aren't really people, but, like, a property, or, you know, can be used. Yeah, exactly. Can be used constantly for football players, basketball players, rappers, stuff like that. So this is another example of, yeah, like, putting us in that kind of just that space. Like, oh, yeah, like, you know, Baylor's got We're a dub. jester. Here goes a Jeep to get them another dub. Yeah, and, then, years, like, you and know, I think that's, that's kind of my thing, too. So I always try to be – I'm don't. i glad Vincent said it because I, I don't want to be the only one that thinks it, but I really do feel like – a lot of times to a lot of not even just white people, but affluent people, um, black people are merely the jester. We're just the entertainment. We're just the basketball players. We're just the artists because we're not appreciated for anything other than being an athlete yeah. or being an artist because it's entertaining. I mean, even and then sometimes we get cut, cut, get cut short. <laughs> yeah, we don't get paid what we're worth, but yeah. it's great to watch us do it. And that is insulting. Um, yeah. And that's the... That's as plain as I can put it. It's insulting. Um, I don't I don't know who's going to. It's just the Jeep Cherokee for me. <laughs> I don't know who's going to fit in there. Because <laughs> it's like, go to the hood to recruit more people. Like, what What does that look like? Like, in your brain, you had, because you had to have a whole scenario going yeah. on up in there yeah. to even say something like that. And I just think, I don't I don't know. Like, it was a shrug, like, oops. It was yeah. like. Yeah, oops. Yeah. You look stupid on TV. <laughs> and um I I don't know. People were upset with um Graham for doing an interview with him on ninety four point five, but I feel like we need to have those conversations even when it's uncomfortable. I don't know what was said, but people were you know, people are always gonna be upset by stuff, but I feel like um the way that the Waco community has come together to make him be accountable. I was really surprised about. Yeah. It's like, I, I like it because going off of last year, I feel like it's a natural next step that um, maybe people don't want to get out and get active all the time. Right. When stuff like this does happen, they go and at least use their voices over social media. Everybody, there's a lot of people who understand that 
like if you have the power to from right there on your phone and you use your voice, you know, because that stuff does have an effect on people. And Baylor felt the pressure. Yeah, Baylor <laughs> Baylor put out a statement quick, fast, and in a hurry. We're not taking the Jeep. We talked to him. We don't we condone have, this. We have nothing to do with what he that got going on, on over there. We want no parts. That's what Baylor said. He said we want no parts with that. But that's important for them as well because they've been going through their own cleanup process. Yeah. Um, just with the the history, how Baylor was founded, who it was founded by, and you know the stereotypes that people have, people learning that you know people used to own slaves and stuff yeah. like that. So it's been a lot for Baylor, and so it was smart. I mean, PR team, congratulations! Yeah, it is that pretty fast. <laughs> like congratulations because I felt like. If they, if the coach wouldn't have said anything, they would have blamed him. He didn't yeah. even say the words, but they would have blamed him. Yeah. If the school didn't say anything, they would have blamed the school. And it's like, well, we didn't even do anything. If they would have took it to, they also would have got on there for taking the Jeep. It, it was crazy to me that Alan Samuels, um, their Facebook page, posted the interview. Like, after he made the comment and stuff like that. And they had Patriots. They're like, here's an interview for, you know, our general manager, Ted, was getting interviewed by the news. And because they see no fault in it. Yeah. Now, like, look how tone deaf that is. Like, they, like, they, did you just not watch the interview in the clip and just threw it up? Or did you, yeah, like, what I've learned is sometimes people genuinely don't know that they're realize. being ignorant. Yeah. And I think that's more harmful than blatant racism, blatant prejudice. Yeah. It's like you just are ignorant and you don't even know that you're ignorant. That you're ignorant. You don't know what you're doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and you look stupid. I always say it's something to know to do something wrong, but to know you did something wrong so then you can correct it later or improve later. That's There's like, a difference. That's, yes. yeah, that's, <laughs> that makes the yeah. difference in people all all the right there. Yeah. Oh poor Ted. Um I don't feel sorry for him, and I'm just like, and you look. I laugh. I watched that video clip like a hundred times, and I laughed each time at the shrug because I was like, you really yeah. said oops on TV, yeah. <laughs> and you can't, you can't take it back. You can't fix it. And it's like if you knew right then, there, if you knew right then and there in that moment that you messed up, you could apologize right then and there. Yeah. You didn't have to let it like get all the way out on the air, like especially if it's live. Like you could have my bad. I didn't mean to say that right there. It would look, it would look funny, but. I would have rather him realize his mistake right then and there and try to make up for it than the way he did it. Yeah, to apologize because the first time he apologized, this little it was a little Facebook comment. I got the screenshot. It's like a little like I'm so sorry for my comment. I didn't mean no harm. Yada yada. Like it was real small, real sweet, and everybody was like, "So what did you mean then?" And it's not a real apology. Like people were still dragging him for that little tiny apology. So when he put out the bigger statement, I was still like, "This don't work." Like the very first thing, it's very generic as well. Yeah. Today, when she was reading it, she was like, it sounded like somebody wrote it for him. Like, they it did. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't sound like him. And I was like, see, that's why I want him in front of a camera. You can't really doctor that. I mean, sure, they can have a teleprompter on the side or whatever, but you can't really, like, we can, we can see it. We can feel how you, we can see how you feel if we see your face versus just reading a post from you. And mm, it. I didn't, I didn't listen to the 94.5, um, interview either but i do want to go back and listen to it because i kind of was curious interested in knowing what was said yeah because well. i want to know how they did it like was it kind of a hey like what happened like you know like are they giving him a chance to explain himself and giving him a fair like opportunity to like save himself or is it just kind of maybe just like in response to everything like i don't know i gotta i want to listen to it though i'm curious I, as well it's just a lot um <laughs> waco has a lot going on um and oh, so yes. I feel like it was not the proper timing for him to do that. Um, just because we just got a new police chief. Yeah. We have all of these black people running for these different positions. Yeah. And 
there's already um, turbulence with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only word I can use. There's already resistance and turbulence there. Um, Though what we see on social media is acceptance, I know that's not the behind the scenes. No, I believe it. Not at all. Because I was just thinking about how quickly they threw together this championship parade for Baylor when every year there's a struggle to have the Juneteenth parade. And I'm just like, okay. Like, it put a lot into perspective for me. And I'm like, you know, the the, the turbulence and the resistance is really crazy to me. Um, Y'all are real quick on certain things, real slow on others. Yes. And the um, stuff that y'all are slow on usually deals with people of color. Yeah, Yeah, and just the... Um, the way that we have to go so hard, like just within our organizations and the people that uh, we work with, how we're all we see. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes we have people that, you know, will be like, hey, I want to be an ally. I want to help you or whatever. Um, but it's far and few. And it's very difficult to hear certain things. Like I said, it was the savior complex for me. With the comment. Yeah. And then also, like, just the parade kind of rubbed me wrong. Um, like I, I said, <laughs> me either. Um, but it kind of rubbed me wrong a little bit because I know how hard of a time we all have trying to get things within the city of Waco. And it uh, was like, boom, it's Baylor. Here you go. Have this parade. I remember. Don't worry about social distancing. Don't no, worry no, about COVID. None of that stuff, yeah. And I'm like, Okay, I want the same energy. Yeah, June eighteenth and nineteenth. Yeah, um, <laughs> we need this same energy. So it's just been kind of like, okay, so what? What is our next step? And um, I really hope that the people that are running for these positions um, get them to get them. <laughs> yeah, first and foremost, and that they are able to actually do work that advocates for people of color in Waco. Um, I know right now that it's probably just, un- is it just Andrea by herself? I think so still, yeah. Yeah, so. At least if she might be the only woman if she. The only black woman? Yeah, if there is another person of color up there. And I'm just like, you know, that's kind of hard for one person. That's a big job for one person to advocate for so many different communities of color. And a lot of times, like, I know people who have, like, criticized, you know, her position. And I'm like, well. A, you're not there. So you don't know, like, you know what the conversations are looking like. But then you have to think about it in terms of it's just her versus other people. And she's very transparent about how she advocates. So it's like a lot of times, and see, that be my thing, I get mad because (laughs) people always have things to say about the work that we do and how it's not helping enough. But you're not helping at all. And I think the biggest issue that I have with people is like, if you're not going to help us, and I really want you to be quiet. Yeah. And me saying be quiet is me being nice. Yeah. I want to say shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's hard. And we need more people that are bold and willing to step into those positions. We need people like Keith. We need people like Jeremy. We need people like Chara to step into those positions because we're never going to, like, they don't know voices that they've never heard. Yeah. And that <laughs> that is the God honest truth. Um, we have the Black Chamber of Commerce. They do amazing work. They do all the work that they can, but they can only do so much as well. Yeah. Our organizations can only do so much work as well. And a lot of times when we're doing things, it's like, hey, what do y'all have going on so that we can come support you so they know that, okay, yeah, we're different organizations, but we're all going to so be present for yeah. each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, the, it's the turbulence. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And it, it's, it's crazy how much it's still just like, not still going on, but just how um, 
It's all crap. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't fight thinking of the word, but I remember it makes me think of last year. Last year, before the matter of fact, before the Juneteenth parade, we were trying to push for a mural to take over Austin Ave, just like how PV had through Black Lives Mural, like on that one. I don't remember what street it was, but they had one in PV. So um, I don't want to throw out a lot of names and stuff like that and mention who was all involved, but we were really pushing for it, and they were basically telling us, no, we nope. can't do it mm-hmm. because there's no precedent for it here. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, I get it. You know, uh, we're throwing out temporary paint. We're throwing out chalk paint. We're throwing out all types of things that wouldn't just be super permanent. So I'm like, okay, why can't we just tap in with PV and figure out what they did, what avenues they went through, and we just copy that. And they're like, oh, we can't do that because this is Waco. I'm like, what is that? What does that mean? Like, what do you mean this is Waco? Like, it's and all Texas. And then they approved it, what, the day or two before, and then it rained or something like they, that? They approved a mural for the bridge. Yeah, the bridge. And it was going to be for the Juneteenth Parade, and it wasn't going to say Black Lives Matter. It was going to say something else. Um, and we kind of, like, the visual was real nice, because like, I was a part of the planning for it. I was out there the night before. I was supposed to be out there the morning of when it rained. I was, I was asleep. I couldn't, like, <laughs> we stayed out there so late, um, and then I wasn't getting up that early to, like, go back out there and paint. I was like, I can't draw, so the real artist can go out there and finish it. <laughs> I put, like, I helped, you know, set everything up. Right. We just got to finish it now. So I missed, like, the morning call to go out there. But, yeah, we, we, it was going to say, um, it was going to say community. I or remember. Like something yeah. like that. And it was going to stretch, like, it was going to have all the negative yep. stuff on one side of the bridge, and it was stretched to more positive, like, stuff on the other side. And it was a real beautiful idea. They're going to get a drone shot, like, everything else, all behind it. But, yeah, it, it rained. <laughs> and then also, it just kind of felt like a slap in the face because of the, all the hoops that we had to try to go through. And then it was like, oh, yeah, y'all can do, like, an art, you know, kind of show for everybody, but it has to be on the bridge. So, A, it's not going to be that scene. And then, B, it isn't kind of the original vision. It's going to be, you know, this kind of picture that just represents kind of what Waco is trying to do. And that was cool and all, but it's just like it, it really did feel like kind of a slap in the face. kind of felt like um, that we just didn't have the support that we should have had just to do like no, a nice little project. that was a high miss. And I tried to shut up, but it was really, it was really discouraging yeah. because the whole process with Juneteenth last year was very disheartening. Um, they had no empathy for us as a community. And I'm like, after everything that y'all have witnessed transpire in the last few weeks, y'all are giving us this hard of a time to get things done that celebrate our community. And it was just very disheartening. And us trying to piece together all of this stuff (laughs) in a week and a half's time, it was really like, okay. And so I was like, you know, this is kind of hard, but... I just showed up because it was like, I mean, we can complain or we can show up. Yeah. And that's what it was for us. It's like, we just got to show up. And then the morning of the Juneteenth parade, when people started pulling in, and I was like, what are these Republicans doing here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hmm. Yeah. It was crazy. It was really, um, yeah. I didn't expect for any um, of the people to show up the did um outside of the the acting police chief like I expected him to be there but there was so many um different like it was a Republican so I was like wow this is different um (laughs) and like white business owners saying we just want to support and so I mean that made me feel a little better because I was like okay well you showed up because yeah, yeah. a lot of people say a lot of things, but they don't show up. And yeah. I know that they donated to the chamber probably. 
Um, cause you know, they have like the parade fees and stuff and they probably gave more than they were supposed to, but it was just like that moment made me feel a little bit better, but it was still like, like I said, disheartening because of everything that we, (laughs) right. It was uphill battle, all that stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. City of Waco has to do better to say the least. Uh, I think that this is another instance from last year, um, for our second it was some I can't remember exactly what the event was based around, but we were trying to have a parade. We were gonna have a parade that kinda of led into like this kind of march or like assembly or whatever. And um I remember talking to kind of somebody from the city council, um, something like that, and they were telling me no we couldn't do it for like, you know, COVID reasons. And then like, a couple of days later the Trump rally happened. Like, you know, everybody was out. I think the boat sunk. I think that's the thing that like everybody you know, uh, God isn't like ugly. And yeah. so when the boat starts sinking, I said, Well, <laughs> you know, maybe, just yeah. maybe. You weren't supposed to be out there like that. <laughs> you shouldn't have been doing that you either. Yeah. But that's the thing that I'm saying is like they tell us no, and then they go and say, Yeah, you can yeah. do this to another group of people and they think nobody's watching. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like. Then we're not keeping track. Like, I didn't see that. Wait, like, yeah. what are you doing? And that's why, um, I, I don't know. I think we just have to find different avenues to get our foot in these spaces. Like you said, um, adopting parks and stuff. Yeah. Tell Jeremy to do the same thing. I'm like, get a park. Because I do know with the parks, that's something that we can always, that's an aspect that we can always give in. Yeah. It's like, we can go clean up the park because we're doing our community service because our main goal is for us to service the community. So it's like, however we can, whenever we can, yeah. that's what's necessary. We can fight with these people in the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I do want the community to always know that we're always working for them and advocating for them because it's, like I say all the time, a lot of people that don't, they either don't have a voice or they don't feel confident that their voice will be heard. So it's important that we do do whatever we can in any capacity to advocate and to give back to the community so that they know that they aren't alone. Because if, I know if we feel the way that we feel and we're a little bit more vocal and out there, there's a whole lot of people that feel helpless. Yeah, and not saying nothing. Yes. And that 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 in that in and of itself causes so many other issues for some for somebody personally to have all these issues and all these emotions and keep them kind of bottled up and kind of be confused, like gaslighted by society in a sense where they think that their stuff is wrong and it's like no, you're not wrong for thinking like that. A lot of stuff that you're thinking is not right. crazy. Is is you're right, but you just made to think that you're crazy because of the climate of like the society we live in, and that is that is one of the biggest like life struggles to me for a lot of people. Yeah, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I hope with this new police chief, some things do start to shift um, in Waco. And not that they aren't shifting, it's just like a slow process for all of us. Um, and like I said, it's working together, trying to figure out, well, what do we do next? Yeah, um, where can we help out in? Where, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, been, um, it's been a journey, because we started in, what, 2019, and y'all started last year. Yeah. And so just within that short amount of time, it's been a journey for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, okay, so what's next and how do we help? But it's also been a blessing to be able to be the voice for the people. Yeah. Um, That's some new opportunities and stuff like that open up. 
Right. Yeah. Come on. And creating a safe space because I feel like people come to stories of streets because they feel like, well, I can talk and not be judged. And yeah. so that um, that can. is a blessing, too, because I'm like, okay, we better be the gatekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, our last subject that we're kind of going to get into before we like close out today are those new like gun laws that Texas put out um, that somebody of my friends sent to me. <laughs> I'm concerned. I had, I had a friend that was like, you got to get you a gun now. And I was like, now? I'm going right, like, right to now. get me a gun because like, they did this this crazy law. Um, what is it again? Okay, because I, I read it and I understood, but Basically, I was a little confused. you don't have to have a license, a to, license carry. to carry okay. concealed or open carry. That's crazy. scary. And see, okay, so I didn't. I, I the post that I saw was just say cheese, and I was reading the, the picture and I read the caption. Oh god! But <laughs> is it that you don't have to have one on you, or you literally don't have to have one? You don't have to have one as long as you don't have a felony. That's crazy. That's that's crazy. Yeah, because there's so many there's so many people now who who get access to guns and do so many terrible things with it. So now, like giving them a free pass is probably and people one of the are most manipulative. Thing it's like. Heard. A lot of people don't have felonies because they haven't been caught. Yeah, exactly. And this <laughs> has nothing to do with race. People are crazy. Yeah, and, and on all sides. Yeah, it's it's concerning to me. And also, I feel like, um, and this is just me, this is not safe for black people. If if you, I was going to say, <laughs> if you want to get into race, it's not really our people who are ever doing anything that's crazy to a large body of people. So I... I myself, when I heard it, I just I, I saw so many so things. Wow. So I saw so many. My things. mind went crazy as well. Cause like, and it's sad. It is, yeah. That that something just like that causes Trigger so many, is. yeah, yeah, so <laughs> many issues. Um, cause I thought about just like you know the 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 community of black people that are in the church and that the man walked in on and just shot all shot everybody up, and um. You know, I think about kind of just a double standard. Like uh, there's a picture of Dante. Um, who had a gun and hit like one of his pictures and people were calling him a thug and stuff like that. And like one of the people who, who called him that had like an AK something like, or AR. Always. Yeah. In their picture. And they were like, what makes you different from him? Like Why your, your do you race? Why do you an like assault rifle? I never understand. Where are you going? To war? Like, like for what? <laughs> and then people like for protection. I'm like, protection from what? Like, what do you think going to come knocking the at your doorstep? At your, like, at your doorstep. It's really crazy. And I'm very, very, very concerned. Just because Texas is Texas. I know there's going to be a lot of people of color who's going to have guns that they shouldn't have, and that's going to cause a lot of issues. And then there's people who shouldn't right. have access to guns at all going to get them And there's going to, I feel like there's going to be inflation in um, police-involved shootings. Yeah. I really do because all, now all they have to say is, well, I... I, they had a gun. They had a gun. It's like there is, like you said, the qualified immune. Like all of this is about to be. Uh, I wish I could cuss. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be a mess. Um, it it is about to be a mess. I really, um, I'm not okay with it. Yeah. Um, I'm not a person that believes everybody should be allowed to have a gun. I don't care if you black, blue, white, green, purple, or a tan. Yeah. Everybody does not have the mental um, capacity to own a gun. 
And I've always been the type of person that says, maybe you need a mental evaluation before you get this gun because if you're going to snap and kill everybody, we like need you, to know. We yeah. need to be prepared. <laughs> like, we need to be prepared. Somebody needs to have a gun in the room to defend themselves against you, just in case. Just in case you, you look do you crazy. have schizophrenia, um, like, multiple personality disorder? Like, we need to know if there's something truly wrong with you. And it's just scary because it's like, I feel like our day to day is going to change drastically. A lot of one of my friends called it the Wild Wild West. He was like, "We're back to the Wild Wild West now." Yeah, <laughs> people Yo, having duels, Sam. duels in the street, and stuff <laughs> like, like that. Because get the tumbleweeds ready. Gun, it's, gun it's really crazy. Everything because anybody. Yeah, it's and, scary. And you brought up. I like that you brought up the police because, like, if they can get off for killing somebody who didn't have a weapon or who they thought had a toy gun, then they're definitely finna get off for somebody who had an actual gun. Like, that's not even finna... They're not it's They're not, not even famous. seeing administrative leave. Like, they're they're getting, okay, like, good job getting that criminal. Like, go ahead and go at your next patrol. Like, the, it is a... And it's a really... Thing, it's, the thing is, like I said, you don't have to have a license as long as you don't have a felony. So it's like, criminal where, you know? There's so many people that, um, who don't have anything on their record who are the ones that do a lot of the crazier things and people essentially have never heard of this person before until they just do this one thing that's just like turns out they killed 13 people for for, <laughs> like for no apparent reason other than just hate so and you just snapped yeah you just you just said that's what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna go back home and go to sleep and that's they, what happens then they get taken alive <laughs> and get bailed out <laughs> it's like what, like you know what is this, what is this process that we're watching unfold right now and uh how does how does anybody, the part that kills me the most, just about like our, our real world, like our real world society. And that's when people just like, oh, maybe it's, you know, all fake. Maybe we're living in a simulation. I'm like, I hope so. Because it's weird to see. It's too real. To see stuff like this happen. And then like, I'm watching it and I'm like, I can't believe this has happened. And there's people on the other side who have no issue with it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see how we don't see an issue with this. Like, I can show a picture of. A black person on a gun, you're instantly gonna think, "Oh, I'm scared. Oh, the go criminal. Oh, I'm fear for my life." Not even just a black person. Anybody I'm more of afraid color. of a white man in hunting gear <laughs> with a rifle than anybody else because it's like we have a set of stereotypes as black people that frighten us the yeah. same way that white people have stereotypes of black people that frighten them. So to me, you have to go out and rabbit season, duck season. Yeah. Um, I I got a problem with that. I went to the gun range one time, and this man was in there. It looked like a Uzi or a bazooka, and he was just in there and boom. And I was like, "Why do you need that type of gun?" Yeah, why are you testing? And that one he out? <laughs> was like zoned out, like nobody else was there. And I was like, "What if he?" My mind is like, "What if he snaps and turns around and kills all of us?" Yeah, because he was so like he had a purpose. Yeah, and I'm like, "What?" Did, and guess what he had on. Like he did, <laughs> he and I said, I got to get stuff. up out of here. <laughs> it is time for me to go, See, but it's it's scary. Yeah. And the thing about it is I don't trust anybody with ill intentions with a gun. Yeah. And I won't even just say, you know, it's a, the hunter gear. I don't trust anybody. If you black and you're, you sagging and you Your got right two there. guns, like you about <laughs> to just go to war and you in Call of Duty. I have a problem with that as well because there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Especially. They're looking for me, bro. I was like, who? Who was looking for you? The ops. Because <laughs> they would have gotten you already. That's the funniest part. If they were really looking the for ops. you, they would have gotten you already. It's just concerning to me. like, And especially when people have the nerve to have the guns and take pictures in, put them as a profile picture, 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch you because yeah. you're a little too too you're too, too excited. Yeah, being a gun gun owner and you got a gun, so you feel protected, not so that you scare people. And that I think that's the difference. Guns are supposed to be for protection. If some in the event something happens, and you need to protect your family or yourself, not just oh, this is my everyday accessory. Like yeah. that's really that's how I can. That's how I always try a little to weird. Different, different, differ. I can't say differentiate that, that word, <laughs> but that's how I try to differ people who like own guns, kind of, and kind of own guns for protection. They own guns, kind of, because it's cool, kind of, because they think they need it on their hip at all times, stuff like that. I guess your hobby, and I'm because scared. I've never been to a gun range, and I want to go so bad. I got friends that are trying to get me to go, and I'm like, I, I'll tell you my off days, like a week in advance. So just let me know, we can go. But right. I haven't been to a gun range yet. But I've, like, I took a class in high school, and it kind of broke down, you know, like, where the trigger is and where the safety is and, you know, um, the clip and all that kind of stuff and broke down, like, the gun laws. And you're supposed to keep that all types of apart. Like, your bullets aren't supposed to be with the gun, and the gun's no. supposed to be put up somewhere. And there's people that are, like, just, just have their guns just chilling on the counter. And I'm like, what if the kid that you have is running around? And that's how, that? and that is another thing. It's like, y'all are about to let all of these people get guns. We're going to see so many babies die. And it's just like, it's a whole lot of layers to why I feel like this isn't smart. Yeah. Um, and people were coming in, oh, well, it's been like this in such and such state. Yeah. And y'all are the ones who are doing mass shootings as well. And that's the problem. Like, don't we? Yeah. Y'all are like, crazy. I feel like people as a whole can agree that we might not. We, I don't. I don't think that guns should go away. When people talk about them taking guns and stuff like that, I, I think that's ridiculous. We definitely because they're like still gonna get them. People definitely need and and that that anytime something's made illegal, it always ups the 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 supply and demand for it because people now don't have a a straight easy access to it, so they're definitely gonna find a way to get to it. So it, right. uh, guns definitely shouldn't go away, um, but I feel like there definitely needs to be stricter gun laws. And it needs to, like all of our laws, they need to be equal across the board. Because a lot of our laws will lean one way and kind of um, intimidate and section off people of color and kind of people, you know, who are, you know, not of color are fine, you know, in, in certain instances. So right. we definitely, I, I think it's funny that society kind of as a whole was like, you know, well, we need we need stricter gun laws or, you know, kind of just, you know, kind of watch who gets it a little bit more and then texas is like nah like you know like texas is really you. rubbed me wrong this year already so i'm just like okay just one more thing but i'm i'm concerned for waco um rightfully so we know what's been happening in waco and i'm concerned for black lives matter being a thing for the next 50 60 years like long after we're gone and i'm so scared for children but the thing that bothers me the most is that, like, you know, Black Lives Matter is going to be this thing that we always have to say. And I'm already tired and exasperated of saying it. Of saying it. And it's really sad. That's our reality. And it's really sad that every time we tell people that we matter, we're met with combativeness. And, <laughs> well, all lives matter. We never <laughs> said that you didn't matter. But y'all don't understand we that we do. Yeah. Nobody said that we were more important. We just feel like Just we are point. not seen at all. Yeah. And so I'm concerned. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to pray about it. I feel like last year when a lot of stuff was going on, I feel like it will get better before it got 
Well, no, I feel I feel like we were on a good track to see like and real then improvement. It was like boom, psych. Yeah, like we'll take you know what's that old saying? Take two steps forward, and like five steps back, something like that. They always yeah. change the numbers up. The last basically. thing that I really um paid attention to was Elijah, and that was it for me. Um, I think that's when I reached my cap, and I'm like, I don't want to become desensitized, but I also um. I don't want to see Elijah McLean. The no, the, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It that hit home for me because my brother had autism, and so when I saw him, I saw my brother, yeah. and I don't really know if he had any diagnosis or anything, but I just saw a gentle soul. Yeah, and so it really hurt me, um, and I stopped watching. Like I would tell people, don't send me stuff yeah. because I'm like I'm tired. Yeah, and. I've just been doing the work. <laughs> I haven't watched any videos. I hear about stuff. You can tell me what happened, but I don't want to see it because I can't take yeah. anymore. I did not watch the George Floyd video either. I don't want to see anything else because it's hurtful. And it's like the fact that we have videos showing what's happening and nothing still happens yeah. to these people <laughs> is very bothersome to me. And I have male family members that I love. Like, I have y'all that I've, you know, formed uh, relationships with yeah. that I work with, and it's very hard, and it's scary because I'm like, dang, like, am I going to wake up one morning and one of them are going to be gone? Yeah. And so it's very hard for me, Um, and even, not even just y'all, us. Yeah, no, Like, yeah. <laughs> am I, I going to go, you know, am I going to go missing, or yeah. are they going to say that, I hung myself with a trash bag. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. it's a whole lot of layers. And so it's just, it doesn't get easier because I feel like there's going to be, with this gun, like, there's going to be more cause for them to say, well, I had probable cause and there was none at all. And we're right back at square one. And it's like, it's wearing me down, to be honest. It is it's wearing me down. And it's not that I'm giving up. I'm just like, all right tired and i feel like something really really does have to change and it's heartbreaking yeah um because no matter how much they see the same things that we're seeing they don't understand that there's a problem they just think that it's okay or not even or they're they connections not being made to make it even worse they they do see that it is a problem but it's a problem for us they don't and it doesn't affect them yeah and i think that is inhumane um so I'm grateful for the people that we do have around us that do understand. Yes. Um, grateful that Mike really gave us this platform to be able to, you know, just talk about what's what's happening in the streets because that's where it's happening. True, and um, not filtering us because I feel like a lot of people would have filtered us and Mike is just <laughs> like, go ahead. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. we should go ahead. <laughs> so we're grateful for this, this platform um, and being able to talk about things like this. Well. I don't have anything else because I think I just got emotional. <laughs> <laughs> no, the perfect, it was the perfect. I was trying to make sure I ain't had nothing else. I didn't want to mess it up. The she gave like the perfect ending to this. Uh, yeah, I do think also, um, like she said, Mike, all of our other allies, all of our friends, all the people we've just kind of met and built relationships with, but also those of you who listen and you know reach out to us and try to be a guest on the show and share the yes. episodes. Thank and, you. You know, just try to. Try to keep this, keep the topics we talk about as constant as possible because that's the real way that we're going to deal with a lot of this is, is if we talk about it. And, yeah, that's, that's 
Yes, because we want to be present and relevant. And thank you so much. Um, season two has been amazing. This is the first time that we haven't had a guest, and we are booked um, yeah. until, like, July. So thank you to everybody that's reached out to us um, about coming on the show. Um, hit us up if you want to come on. Yeah, it's going to be a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're grateful that, you know, um, starting out we had no idea how this was going to go, and now – Everybody's like, hey, I want to come talk to y'all. And so it's really a blessing um, to be able to, like I say, be a safe haven for people and for people to be able to come on and talk about their platform and how their platforms are helping uh, the community and talk about their experiences with whatever discrimination mm -hmm. they've experienced. So we're really grateful to be able to provide that platform for you all. And um, if there's nothing else. As always, um, Stories of the Streets is sponsored by the New Black Collective, Black Scent, and Change Waco, and powered by Rogue Media. We can be found on all streaming platforms as Stories of the Streets, and we are on Facebook and Instagram as Stories of the Streets. And if you want to be a guest, you can email us at storiesofthethastreets at gmail.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>